0: The Lord is good. If you believe, it, give me an amen. amen. All right, before we take our seats, let's take our declaration of understanding, and then we will, we'll start teaching for this evening. We've been praying for a while. I believe most of us know it by heart. If you don't know it by heart, read the lips of the person next to you. <laughs> amen. All right, let's go now I declare. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And i have been filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I apply my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen? amen. I said amen. amen. A special word for somebody to, today, this evening, in Jesus' name. Amen. I said a special word for somebody this evening in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. A word of direction. Amen. A word of clarity. Amen. A word of healing. Amen. A word of divine provision. Amen. A word of advancement. Amen. It's coming to you this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the Lord is good? All right. Let's sit down and pay attention never pay attention. Pay attention. Uh, you're welcome to, to this school of prayer again. We are going to uh, talk about the effect of prophecy. I think that captures what I want to talk about this evening. First Timothy chapter one, we are going to read I just like to read in context, but, uh, so let me see. Where I'm going is verse 18, but let me see what I can take a, a start somewhere a bit earlier. All right, so let's start from verse 12. He said, I thank God, Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service or putting me into ministry. He said, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which I found in Christ Jesus. Paul writes in verse 15, it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason, I found mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. All right. Now, like I said to you, I just wanted to get um, a bit more of reading. Where we want is verse 18. So next, verse 18 says, This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping faith and and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Among these are Hymeneus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. Now, please, will you pardon me? Let me quickly read that verse 18 in the um, Let's see, what I, Let's try the New King James. Would I have to give us that word? Verse 18. There's something he says there. If it's not there, I'll go on. yes. He said, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good. Warfare, all right? Having faith and a good conscience. Let me just stop reading here. Now verse 18 is just what I want. We just read all of the other verses just to get it in context, and have a bit of Bible reading, which is always a beautiful thing to do. All right. And now why did I read this is to show us exactly what prophecy is for. Prophecy is given to us so that with it we might do what? Fight the good fight. Prophecy is given to us that we might war a good warfare. Prophecy is given to us not so that we'll go and rest and relax, but so that we do what? One word. We'll do what? Fight. Prophecy is given so that we will use it to fight. That is what prophecy is about. Now, these thoughts that I'm going to be sharing with us today in our school of prayer came to my mind a few days, maybe a week, less than two weeks ago. And I realize that the Lord wants us to learn something in this regard. Because many times people will tell you that a word has gone forth. Let's take Nigeria as an example, please. If you are not a Nigerian, pardon us. This is is our country. place where God has sent us into as exiles. And he said we must um, have love for the place. And we must um, entreat the Lord and seek the good of the land. All right? Now, so we use as an example. And again, beyond that, it's um, a matter of fact that God has um, purposes. Each nation has a purpose before God. And we believe that having heard the words of prophets that went ahead, of course, with the foundation of Bible doctrine, we heard the word of those prophets, we believe that we have a bit of understanding, may not be full understanding, of what God has for this nation, like Nigeria. So one of the things that we have been told, prophecy prophecies often quoted for us, uh, from the mouth of Pai Elton. And many of us may have read it here and there because of these of social media, these things are shared easily up and down. Pai Elton, we'll remember, was a man from somewhere in the United Kingdom who had a vision and the, an assignment a commission from God and he came to Nigeria over, that should be about 100 years ago now. Yes, I think he arrived around 1930-something, thereabouts, yes. So we're in, 20, 19, 20, um, we're in 2022 now. So about over 90 years ago, thereabouts, about 90 years ago. He came to Nigeria and he lived and he died here, and everything he did with his life, all right, was based around the fact that he understood that God had a purpose for the land that God was sending him into, and he came in here with a with a very strong doctrine and missionary work, and it, it was um, based in uh, Zeoshobu. all right. From there, he crisscrossed the country. He used to drive until he was in his seventies, drive himself up and down if I left a will that when he would die, they shouldn't gather to do any big ceremony. So they just waited. They buried him almost like a Muslim. They just waited for his daughter to arrive, I think from Eloran or somewhere. For them, for her to see that her dad was gone. She had he had one child, okay? Also a completely white woman. And then Pastor E. Adiboy went, got a casket, and then they buried him. His life and his death was all about evangelizing or sending the word of God into the nation, Nigeria. He didn't care much about other countries. This was just his own. In fact, the reason why he said, I have his book, why he had just one child was not because he didn't like many children, but because he was a white man, a British man, coming to Nigeria in that period. He said to educate his children would have required him going back home often. And he did not believe in separating families. He couldn't send his wife and his children back home while he was staying in Nigeria. So for that reason, he didn't want any distraction from his um, assignment. So he felt that a large family was going to be a distraction for him. Many of us these days, when we say we don't want more than two children, our reason—I've heard this before—is economic. Thank you very much. Our reason is that uh, if I want to take them abroad now, how do you carry uh, many people on the plane? It's going to be more expensive. You know, my God is too poor, so he can't really afford. Um, I to take care of more than those two people. You know, stuff like that. We talk a lot of nonsense, actually. All right? May the Lord forgive us. Somebody say amen. 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 Well, his own reason was very different. Well, I want to emphasize the fact that he lived his life believing very strongly in that vision. Now, the prophecy I said, um, we hear referred to once in a while, is that one in which he said, and when he was saying it, corruption was not so strong in Nigeria as it is, as it has been in the last uh, many years. He would say that corruption was going to be very, very visible. And that Nigeria was going to be known worldwide for corruption. And that after that period, okay? Now, I can't remember the exact words now, but there's going to be a kind of revival. And then suddenly, a new image and reputation will be birthed for the country. So that worldwide, it will be known for righteousness. Worldwide, it will be known for you know uprightness. That people will begin, of course, now, let me not add words to it now. People will come in to do business. They will enjoy relating with the nation and that in the citizens worldwide will be respected. So everywhere they will go, you know, the way they say, hey, check their bag because they are from Nigeria. Now it's like, oh, he's Nigerian? Please don't offend him. We want him to come to our country. And they prophesied that, that it's going to happen. And I am one of those people that totally believe that prophecy. I believe it with my whole heart. Okay? Now, that's a reminder for those of us um, who know about it already, and for those who have not heard it, now you have heard it. Now, with that Come to pass. Now, that's why I'm talking about the, you what I used earlier? The, the effect of the, of the walking of, so that is the walking of prophecy. I think I'll use the word, the walking of prophecy. That may be better for us. So the, when you see things like that, the idea is that, when will this be? What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to park, go to another country, where we can settle down, be relaxed, and wait for this to happen? And when it would have happened, we will now come back to enjoy it. Is that the kind of thing we're supposed to do? Or what are we supposed to do? Continue working daily and wait that one day this will actually happen. Now, that's what I want to explain. No, none of the above is allowed. None of the above is allowed. Why God gives prophecies is so that by them we may do what? War, a warfare. Fight, a fight. Prophecy is used to fight. You know, it's used to fight. Prophecy is not a prediction. I need to explain it. A prediction is different from... A prophetic utterance. A prediction is more like I have calculated things that I have seen, and I want to tell you that this is going to happen. I give you a particular time, and I give you a particular date. Now, prophecy doesn't work like that. Prophecy is an expression of the will of God, an expression of the plan of God. It's when God reveals his plan, or when a man is given the plan of God to utter, that will say the person has prophesied. I hope you're getting my point. So it is possible to prophesy and it doesn't come to pass. It's not a prediction. And many times when God prophesies now, let me use this word interchangeably for now. Let's use the word promise. It's like that also. Because a prophecy also is an expression of the promise of God. Okay? So you hear a promise from God. It does not always come to pass. Not because God changed his mind, but because sometimes the people are not worthy to receive the manifestation of the promise. For example, he wanted to take them into a promised land, and he told them, I'm going to take you into a good land. Is that not the word of God? Did it happen? For for that generation? No. Why? They were not able to enter into his rest because of what? Unbelief. So they died in the wilderness with a sure word of prophecy over their head. That's the problem with prophecies. There are things that God will express, then you start preparing for it to happen in your life. It does not mean you will force it to happen. You can't force it like, okay, um, God makes, I said that I'm going to make you king. The prophetic word then goes to a man like David. Now, the wrong way to make prophecy happen is the carnal way. The wrong way is the earthly way. What is the earthly way? Gather people and say, let's find a way to dethrone Saul and then sit down and compel a priest to come to anoint us to be king and compel Israel to recognize that anointing. That is the wrong way. That is the earthly way. And I believe it's one reason why Samuel, now, because you won't find this, what I'm about to say, written anywhere, okay? No, you hear half of it written somewhere. Okay, let me tell you the one you've, you've seen, you've seen <laughs> written somewhere. That you will not touch the laws anointed and be guiltless. Remember that? That was David saying that. Okay? Now, but how did David know it? I, that This is what you don't find written. I believe it happened like that. I believe it was an instruction that Samuel gave him. I am convinced. I haven't read the Bible. I haven't read commentaries here and there. I put two and two together, and I'm convinced in my heart that David's past and Samuel didn't just end the day he anointed him. But severally, he will go and meet Samuel, and Samuel will explain to him the ways of a king. And Samuel will explain to him the ways of the Lord. Okay? And one of the things he explained to him is that you are not to make yourself king, you are going to allow the Lord to do it in his own time. And one of the ways by which he will do that is that no matter how much or how tempting the opportunity may be to eradicate Saul, you will never participate. If there's a coup that's going to be planned to remove Saul, don't participate. You are going to treat the life of Saul as sacred. It is a sign for you that only God will by himself bring you to that throne. It must never be by your own engineering. So what you will find is that David spent more time running away from the palace than he spent trying to go there. <coughs> i and read it. He was always running away from Saul. If he hears that, okay, the palace is in, in Enugu now, and is in Ogu, and he hears that Saul is coming to Ogu, he will run to, you know, Okigwe. If he hears that Paul, Saul, is coming towards Okigwe, he will take a turn and go and dash, you no, know, use a back road and go to Anambra, <laughs> and from there swim across the river Niger into Delta, and keep running. If he hears that Saul has come to Onitsha, that's it; he's heading for Benin, and that's a you no know, Benin kingdom. There's one top talking over there, so you go and meet your bar and beg him, the other will not hide him somewhere. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It was always running away. Why the throne is in Enugu here. I want to come closer. No, he wouldn't do that. And then the day Saul died, one man came and said, "I killed Saul," <laughs> hey. which was a lie. Okay, even if it was even true. this money may not kill some people. Oh, this love of money is a key person. Saul died his own jeje. He was wounded in battle. He committed suicide. He fell on his sword, the Bible says. And his, his armor bearer did the same thing. And then this guy saw the people lying on the ground. He says, see action. Opportunity. So we don't hammer. Now I gathered the thing. He said, David, I always loved you. I knew you had to be king. So I killed the other king so he can be king. David said, follow him. You know, we never forgot that expression. Follow him. And his men went and the all of just collapsed on top of the guy, and the guy died. That's not what they mean by follow him. I mean, <laughs> he took his sword and killed him. That was how much God explained through Samuel to David that you cannot bring yourself into that throne. You cannot engineer the fulfillment of that promise by yourself. It is not something you can do. But That's on the physical realm. But in the spiritual realm, there is what to do. And that's what I'm going to explain this this evening. There is what to do in bringing forth the fulfillment of prophecy. Listen, prophecies don't just come to pass because they've been uttered. Prophecies come to pass because having been uttered and heard, those who hear them begin to activate them. Let me say that again. There's a hearing of prophecy. Those who hear, they begin to do what? Activate Sometimes some people hear, because there are two things that must come uh, into place, because there are are seasons and generations in which a prophecy will be fulfilled. You really cannot activate them before a certain time. But there are people who hear them before that time, and they begin the activation. So it does not happen in their generation, but God gives them consolation. He allows them to do their own part in the spiritual activity because He's adding everything up. So when they, they, when they will be dying, God will let them know that, don't worry, this thing that you have um, participated in is going to be fulfilled in the lives of your great-grandchildren. Sometimes God will actually let the individuals see exactly the generation that will experience what he began to activate. Now this is all of scripture. This is all of our scripture. From the beginning, when God gave a prophetic word, the seed of the woman will bruise thy head. Abraham participated in that. I hope I get my point. But what did Jesus say? Abraham rejoiced to do what? To see my day. God gave him consolation. He allowed him to see that day. He did his part in bringing it to pass. But it was not going to happen in his generation. So what did God give to him? Joy in seeing that day. You see a man like um, Daniel. The same that happened. Daniel was well known. Other prophets wrote about him. Ezekiel wrote about Daniel. But he never came back to Jerusalem. But he was one person that God used to begin to activate that prophecy. But what did God give to him? All those things you called visions and prophecies. Most of those things were actually consolation visits that God granted to Daniel. So he will send an angel, Gabriel, go and meet my friend Daniel. And Gabriel will come, oh man of high esteem. Now I need to see what is going to happen. And he will describe things that will happen. Then the king that will come after the one on the throne at that time, the nation that will come after as the ruling nation over the earth, the one that will come all the way down to this generation. We let him know that there's a kingdom that's not going to come finally, the rule of which will endure forever. So God gives that consolation to people. I hope you're getting my point. Now, please bear it in mind. So, you see, prophecies, we start activating them. How do we activate them? It's not natural, physical activity. There are three things, I, and I, I, when I thought about it, so let's just get the three out. Three activities we get involved in, in activating prophecy. One, there's activation through prayer. You remember, it's warfare. Yes. All right, so let's quickly read this. Ephesians chapter 6. You see this in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Paul explained a particular uh, principle there. In verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his mind. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. They now described the full the armor. Time will not let us read all of it now and direct the issue of relevance also. He said, verse 13, Therefore, take off the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Then he now says, verse 17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, notice verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf. Let me just stop reading it in the beginning of that verse 19. So you see, this is the first thing they're supposed to do. Take up the weapons of warfare and with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. Be on the alert with all perseverance. Why do you need perseverance because you are waiting for something. Because there are difficult times ahead. So that's the first thing. You, one of the, one, um, which I, I used earlier, one activity that you get involved in as a result of the knowledge of prophecy, so as to activate that prophecy, is prayer. Prayer is part of the warfare. I hope you're getting my point. There's a warfare here called prayer. You start praying. Now we've seen that before. Daniel will refer to. He said, I, Daniel, understood by reading the books. He was referring to the book of Jeremiah. The number of the years wherein the word of the Lord came um, to Jeremiah the prophet, in which he will accomplish the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Then he got on his knees and began to pray. That's activating prophecy. So you see, the warfare there now is a warfare of prayer. The man began to pray. That's the first one. We'll expand on all of these things. The, the second um, activity is that of um, uh, the warfare of words and further prophecy. Okay? Words and further prophesying. Can I use that expression? For that prophesying. Because once a prophetic word has been issued, another generation of prophets must come to take those words and begin to declare those words. They will declare those words because they believe that which was spoken to them by the first generation of prophets. Did you hear what I said? Yes, it's important. You didn't hear me. What I'm saying is it confusing. If you heard me say, I did. If you heard me say, amen. Amen. Okay, those who heard me said amen. Those who didn't hear me, let me go by it for them again. Because for the number of people here, if everybody heard, I would have heard a louder amen. Is that not true? So let's go by it again. Because many people, there's nothing wrong with saying I didn't get it. You think they understood it, they didn't, you? If you don't understand, they say, please say it again. Apostle is louder than the amen. Please don't <laughs> let the amen people confuse you. And apostle, don't just assume when you are preaching that they don't just want to talk. They want to talk. They didn't understand. So I said, if you understood, please say amen. You said, one oh no, or two amens. Now, of those who said amen, half will say amen to anything. <laughs> <laughs> they will say, if I want to reasons they said amen, that they were not listening to you at all. <laughs> the Lord is good. So what I was saying is this. First, we all understand that one easily. That the first activity is that of what? Prayer. prayer. Prayer is a form of warfare. We are fighting with prayer. We'll look at that later, okay? Further. I mean, all of them. Number two, I said there's also a warfare of words and further prophesying. What do I mean? I said the things that the first prophet said. Another generation of prophets. Now, when I say prophets, I don't mean professional prophets. I mean every child of God. We take those words and begin to declare those words. For example, in the book of Psalms, you hear David say things like, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It is required of you to get up also in the midst of adversity, in the midst of lack, to declare, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. He said, He will make prosperity flow towards you like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. You declare that two kinds of seasons. You know, in season and what? Out of season, all right? Day and night. So these are the two times you declare it. Number one, when there is nothing, you will declare that he will make prosperity flow towards me like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Second time you declare it, when something is coming, you will say, take it. I do that. If I if I get 500 naira, it doesn't look big in today's naira, right? And it's not very big. But I'll still remember to say it. Thank you, Lord, because you are causing prosperity to flow towards me like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. So it's in season and out of season. It's during the day and night. In, in, in his law, he, he, he meditates well, day and night. Those are two seasons. Believers recognize those two seasons. Many times we want to do the right things in only one season. There are people who only prophesy right during the day when they are walking. Hallelujah, thank the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Everything is good. There are those who when everything is good, they say, Why are you worrying again? It's already there. But when there's nothing, hey yeah. Hey yeah, they will prophesy. They will bring out their their, their bank app, open the app. I speak <laughs> right now. Hear ye the word of the Lord, guarantee trust. Hear ye the word of the Lord, Zenith Bank. Hear ye the word of the Lord. First bank. The word says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He will make prosperity abound towards men like a river. In the name. Once it thing not drop, the ogre will hear his amen. <laughs> it's not supposed to be like that. It should be day and what? Night. In season and out of season. Let's bear that in mind. So we declare those words. Even though there's a prophetic word that I went forth before. Another set of prophets now come up and start declaring those words. So we have the a, a, a fight of what? Words and further prophecy. Life is a battle of what? Words. Sometimes, somebody posted something today. Was it this today or yesterday? Yesterday. I do not have that time today. yesterday. One of my classmates posted something about Nigeria. It was so bad and so horrible. I, I went behind and chatted with another one. I said, please, when is our Christianity supposed to manifest? That was the question I asked the other fellow. That if this fellow calls himself a believer, and this is how he's speaking about his father's country, his fatherland, he lives abroad. I was so ashamed. I didn't say a word. This is our Christianity. Listen, it's not just for when we're in church and please, you know, I, I tell you, I, have a, I have a group of classmates. We joke a lot. They are not believers. I don't really preach there, okay? But, but however, I don't play with my testimony. I don't. I, you know, we play. I joke. I we laugh. I'm one of the people that crack jokes there. I, I you know, I say all kinds of, you know, I, I like I, all kinds of jokes. So I, I participate. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't. But yeah, let me give you an example. I don't ever participate in mocking holy things. When they joke about marriage, I never laugh. I never do. I tell them, I say, why do you play with holy things? That's what I tell them. They say, you are too serious. I say, no, this is a very serious matter. Please don't play with it. If they joke with things like uh, adultery, side and all of that, I always put rebuke inside. I say, shame on you. Uh, no be joke. Huh? When they joke, they go now. Uh, it, that's how I do it. Like one of them posted a, posted a small clip the other day, it was out of a movie. One one man who committed adultery went and confessed to his wife. And one of the two of them were out and said, how can you? How could you have done that? They don't confess such things. Say there are secrets you take to your grave. Short clip. The guy said, what do I do now? The two, his two friends said, you're on your own. Of course, trust me. I commented, I said, aren't nonsense. That's what I will tell you. I say, absolute rubbish. I won't laugh. Me? Laugh? No. It's against my religion. There are things I don't laugh about. I say, absolute rubbish. That's what I do. One said something the other day, his friend now said, you know, we said, this guy, you're a sinner, you're going to go to hell. You know, they joke about it. So the other one now said that, all have sinned. I'm far short of the glory of God. Two of them are serious <laughs> unbelievers. So the first one that spoke that said, "All have seen the sure of the glory of God." Now said, "All have seen except Banky." <laughs> it my name. That kind of thing. Ah, know the letter and go. I just added. I said, "No, no, no, sorry, Banky has seen though." No, he said we are all sinners. He said, "Okay." After that scripture he said we are all sinners. And that one said, "Except Banky." I said, "Hey, wait, 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 Banky was also a sinner." I said, "But he got to hear the truth of God. He repented those sins." took advantage of the mercy and forgiveness that God offers by the virtue of the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. Did you preaching? That's how I do it. I said, now he strives every day to live a life that is pleasing unto God because he knows that one day he's going to face that Lord Jesus again who has been appointed by God the Father to judge the living and the dead. Then I took a particular scripture from Acts and put it inside there. You know what I've noticed every time I do that? There's never a comment. (laughs) All the jokes always end. There's never a comment on that thing. The jokes will always come to an end. I have classmates that paste money devotion. I don't bother. It's just, I don't do such things. I don't. They paste scripture, good morning, they put a scripture, I said, to where? The Lord is good. I need somebody who was paying attention to know me. Tell me why. Why I went into that? Good. But, yeah. So okay. I, asked, I remember I said that there's something else I was trying to say. Uh, that was before now. I take. I take concern my classmates. <laughs> now they ask you. Yeah, I remember this. that's one I remember. That was one of my classmates posted, posted something. Yes, okay, good. Yes, and I now remember them. So one of my classmates, I, I felt very bad. I was supposed to be a believer. By the time he finished, I said, own Papa country, they talk to like this. They know me there. When new people come, they say, you can see anything in this place, but please don't insult Nigeria, don't insult the head of state, because the bank is around. I don't spare. Because it's a battle. It's a battle. Ah, people, you know every day I start thanking God that I'm not God. Every day I start realizing how patient and long suffering God is. Because if you interact with people, that human beings are still alive is their amazement. You look at somebody and say, you? Just thank God I'm not God. Because I would have killed you since. That if you do something at the age of 32, I will go back and kill you at the age of 12 because I'm God, I have the power I can go back and kill somebody in areas ah, human beings life is a battle of words can I just go back to that testimony thing again many times Christians are looking for words to use to preach to somebody preaching to people is good alright many times it doesn't work because their time is not right and we're just trying to do our Christian duty okay However, there's one thing you should do all the time. Maintain a good testimony. Do that constantly. Do that constantly. That is the best way I've found out to preach. Just maintain your testimony. Don't change your values for anybody. Defend those values all the time. God will give you the opportunity to witness. He will give you the opportunity to witness. That's the duty of the Holy Spirit. And when I say witness, now listen. The word witness in the Bible is not preacher. There's a difference between preacher and witness. They will be my witnesses. Witnesses are those who testify to what they have seen. Not trying to convince somebody else to believe. I don't know whether you get my point. A preacher, yes, trying to convince you to believe. But they will be what my witnesses. A different matter entirely. What those people were doing was to tell you that, yes, he rose from the dead. We saw him. Whether you want to believe or not is your problem now. But that, that man that was crucified that day, you heard of Jesus Christ, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with a power. And he went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's the witness. I open my point. It's not trying, the concept is not believe, believe. Listen, my name is Peter. I was a fisherman. He called me. I followed him. People, I saw things, so. <laughs> One day, that's how we're going, you know? One woman, a widow. She was crying. Her only son just died. <laughs> and they were going to bury I'm telling you, I swear by almighty God, I can't th- I was there. I was right behind him. He went to that casket, put his hand on the casket and told the young man, arise. And that young man that was on his way to burial got up. I'm not saying you believe who. That's the person I'm telling you about. That's what they say. Then one day, three of us, just me, um, James and John, We followed him somewhere on the mountain. He was transformed. He became like a living light in our presence. And I saw the person I found out later to be Moses. And I saw another one I found out later to be Elijah. And they were talking with him. I saw it too. Then one day, to my amazement, he told me I was going to betray him. I didn't believe him. I I betrayed him, like he said. And they nailed him to the cross. While we watched, he died he expired. Before that, he shouted, we heard it. Father, into your hand, I commit my spirit. And they took his body down, and they put him in the grave of one particular man. You can go to his house. His name is Joseph of Arimathea. The guy is there. I'm not lying about it. Okay? And then they went to, they went and wrapped him. They, they didn't finish it because he was dead. This is not. It was not comatose. Even if he was comatose, by the time they finish wrapping you, you will die. The thing they wrap him with the rest, it, it, it hardens, becomes a case. You won't be able to breathe, you will die. They were coming to finish it the next day, uh, after Sabbath. That's how they got there. The women found that he was gone. I was the first person they came to tell. I went back there. I saw the napkin that covered his face folded neatly there. I've told some of you don't make your bed. Jesus is very neat, you know? I've told you. <laughs> Remember, we don't rise, we don't rise. They go with us. <laughs> so scattered the whole place. <laughs> I was there. I saw it. This is not somebody. And then the next night, he said, Peter. Ah, I looked. Rabbi. And he was with us like that for the next six weeks. We ate together. One day, he cooked fish. This is not a ghost. He cooked fish for us. We ate. And he ate. And I, we saw him eat. I was looking at him that, no, this guy is not going to swallow this thing. And he did. And that's how one day, while we were talking, he gave us instructions, and then he was caught up to heaven. And he told us to wait in Jerusalem until we were indeed with power from on high. And that day I was the one leading prayer that day. It was the day of Pentecost. It was just a story. If you don't want to believe after that, you are so on your own. That's what he means when he says we'll be what? Witnesses. He didn't say we'll become evangelists. There's a world of difference. He didn't say they will all be apostles. You can interpret it like that if you wish. But his own emphasis was what? You shall be witnesses. Who are witnesses? Those who will tell the story concerning that which they have experienced. He said, But me, I have not experienced anything. Just go and tell people why you're a Christian. That's an aside. All right, let's get back to our message, right? Uh, where were we? Three things: one, warfare, prayer; two, words and further prophesying; then three, the warfare of holiness. That's the third one, yes. The warfare of holiness. The warfare of holiness, which ties all of them go together. Because if you read that um, Hebrews chapter four, in verse sixteen, he said, "We draw near to the throne of grace for the purpose of holiness." That we may find help. That may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But where where am I getting that warfare of holiness from? It's from 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 7. You can start from the end of 6. But these are the promises. Let's just start from verse 14 of chapter 6. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership? Have righteousness and lawlessness, and what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, Now this is a prophetic word I will dwell in them and walk among them, I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Therefore, he says, Come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these what? Promises. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In the fear of God. In the fear of God. That is, we perfect holiness. That's what I mean by the warfare of holiness. These are the three activities that prophecy will ignite in our lives so that the prophecy will be fulfilled in due season. All these three we must be involved in. All these three we must be involved in. There are modifications, or, or depending on how they will be expressed along the line. Let's go back to the illustration we used. So, Pauling came and gave that prophetic word, and he said, "God has carved out a nation for Himself, and He said, in the process of purifying this nation, a lot of bad things are going to happen. But at the end of the day, the purpose of God will be served when this begins to happen, and it's a good thing. There will be holiness, there will be uprightness. Are you getting my point? There will be, you know, good. Uh, I'm looking for a particular word." They will, be, they will be of good repute. That's where we are going. So what is prophet supposed to do? We can't sit down and wait for one day to happen. No. Well, God has given me the assignment to go and teach his word. And many of us here work together with me on that assignment as we propagate that word. Now, you know, these days I have realized that it's not just an do thing. It's not just let it be that we answered a call. Now, answering a call is important. Please don't get me wrong. But now I I look at it beyond the issue of answering a call. I look at it now as a precondition for the fulfillment of certain prophecies that went out ahead of time. Because the nation must be sanctified to a particular level through the deliberate preaching of the word. How does God wash places is by what? The washing of water by his word. When things began to ha- happen in Miduguri that time, of course, it's still happening, but it died down quite a lot. Okay? When, I mean, it started with um, Boko Haram issue, next thing you know, churches were being bombed, Christians killed, then Muslims, bombings here and there, here and there. It kept on going bad, going bad, getting worse on a regular basis. Now, many of us know our friend in the house, Pastor Courage, who was pastoring then in Sokoto, The thing tried to get to Sokoto too. I have the testimony, I can share it, of the brethren there gathered. Then he was PFN chairman, they gathered. They came to him and said, Chairman, what do we do? (laughs) He said, what can we do? They said, get bomb detectors. He said, so after detecting the bomb, what do you do next? They got this point. You get metal detectors for the churches. So, the people are happy to detonate themselves at the entrance. It's good enough for them. So they said, what are you saying? And around that time, Police headquarters in Sokoto was bombed. So he say, is it the police that you want to protect you? That you can see they have not been able to protect themselves. So they almost killed the IG. If you remember, in Abuja, the man was going to kill the IG. It's just God has saved the IG. He came made an, uh, an arrangement. You know, found, found, somebody knew, knew, drove a vehicle. So the second one there to see the IG, you say follow. So follow so the IG's convoy as he was going to work that day. IG got to the police headquarters. But God in heaven, you know, said, I will spare this man's life. So the IG's main vehicles entered a particular place, and this man drove up to enter there too. The security man said no. One security man just blocked the way, he said no. You're not part of the approved vehicles to go in there. He said, No, I'm supposed to see. I'm supposed to, the guy said, No. I'm sorry, go and park over there. And, you know, you are in police headquarters. When the policeman there tells you, Go and park over there, you know, he's not joking. If a policeman in a bank tells you that, you know he's serious. How much more in the police headquarters? So the guy, look, my friend, go and park on the other side. So this guy realized that the thing has pulled. So he drove to where to park, and then the bomb went off. You can see, go, go online and find the pictures. Destroyed, I forgot how many scores of vehicles. If he had followed the IG up that way, forget it. He would have taken the IG, all the men with him, and part of the building with it. Now, that was the situation at that time. When my friend said to them, I look at it, the police themselves, they're under attack. You want to go and ask them to come and protect you from who? People you don't know, enemies you don't know, they just walk like normal people. It got so bad at the particular point in time, they were using women and children to carry the bombs. There was one civilian JTF guy. It was, of course, he just said, listen, this guy, you're not passing. Market, you want to enter market. One woman with all the, re, the hijab. JTF guy said you're not going anywhere. That was all killed him because the lady detonated, she died, he died. They were, so it was an issue. So that's when I went to my friend. He said, Ah, what do you want to do? He said, We are Christians. What we can do is pray. He said to them, What we can do is to pray. And of course, they began to gather all the ministers in town were gathering. Every Tuesday, they stick together till now. It's been many years now, they stick together till now. Every Tuesday to pray. Hmm. God answered their prayers. One day God gave them some prophetic instructions to carry out. I won't give you details, but they carried out those instructions, one of which was to remove their shoes. Now listen, try and walk on the road around two o'clock without shoes. That's a no now, go and do the same in Sokoto. And you don't do it normally. Those who do it normally, you are used to suffering. Those who are... <laughs> all these paperless people, that all your life you wearing shoes. This is how you be. But the prophetic word came and all of them should remove their shoes. Inside the sun. They removed their shoes. And they were trying to... You know the way it is? It was hot. And another prophetic word followed... And said, just as this ground is hot under your feet, so will this land be hot for those people they will not be able to stay. And they came and were not able to stay. Oh, they they tried to that's why go and read the story. All that heat, that hot time period, they couldn't make it into Sokoto. They would try, then that's it. One day I went to preach for PFN. When they came to receive me at the airport, I met the two IC, well, the second in command of the military garrison in Sokoto They was at the airport also. So they introduced me to him. So the guy, the PFN chairman at that time, was not telling me what they were discussing. But you hear testimonies that will make your ears tingle. So the man was telling him how the way they used to discover those men. According to the military man, mysterious. I told the story of this happened several days. The one I remember very well. One day, their commander just told some boys, yeah, go on patrol. So those ones, they didn't expect any trouble. They just patrolled into an area that was supposed to be quite, So, oh, we'll go patrol. Move your, go patrol. So they were, they were walking. They were, you no, know, they were on foot. I think. I can't remember for sure. But they were going, they were patrolling, going up and down. They were heading in a particular direction, not knowing that the house at the end of that road or something had been taken over from, by these people. They were stockpiling arms there. An attack. So as the soldiers approached, they assumed that the soldiers knew they were there. Meanwhile, the soldiers were just going on their own. They didn't, they were not aware of anything happening. The next thing they began to take fire. Fire began, people were firing at them. Of course, these soldiers were trained. Immediately they went down for cover. They had their communication gadgets. Quickly radio radio their We <laughs> were under attack here. From where? So those ones quickly described what they were. The guys came with bigger guns. (laughs) No, there's gun. Then there's bigger guns. (laughs) And they came, of course, those ones that arrived, saw where the bullets, the fire was coming from. Gently went there. (laughs) Aimed one RPG at the place. Boom! Blew the place to pieces. Walked in there and counted like eleven corpses. And began to find guns and ammunition. Arms stockpiled. They didn't have any information. They were just going on the routine patrol. Now, that's not the gist, though. The gist was how my people in Sokoto now reacted to what happened in Meduguri. So they said, when they saw the deliverance of God again and again, so they now said, but what happened in Meduguri? The same God that's strong on our behalf here, why didn't he do what he did there? And some of them came to a conclusion. They said, they suspect that the people that God planted there, first sign of trouble, they disappeared. That's what communities were relocating. Once they post, once they transfer you there like this, boys resigned from the commission. Before, this commission, this ministry, our daddy in the Lord, once they post them to Meduguri, the Lord has been speaking to me to start my own ministry. Boys were resigning every day. You heard him say that's true. He was there. We wanted to post him there too. <laughs> <laughs> that last part is a joke. But so, now nah, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. So you know how my friend reacted? Pastor Courage. he relocated himself to Meduguri. He said, oh, so what is the problem? Men are not staying in the land again. No trouble. So when they called me, said, my spirit is saying, what's your spirit say? The Lord said there's a work to do in Meduguri. He first said it to me once, Reminded me about the following year. Then he packed his bag and started ministry in Medugri. Why? That it might be fulfilled that which was spoken by the prophets. I hope you get my point. He, won't hide someone. he got up and said, no, we have to listen to this. This is what he was doing. He went there to go and sow words into the land that what triumphs is the word of God. We have to bring the spirit of God into the place. So how do we bring the spirit of God? With the preaching of the word. So they went there I started preaching. Initially, of course, it came to just start like a church, but God opened other doors. Start having fellowships here, and the IDP camps, they'll go there. He will organize ministers' meeting, and the place will be jam-packed. The word spread itself. Ministers will come from everywhere to come and hear him teach. And then one day he called me, and said, Man of God, I said, Alpha, it's your turn. <laughs> it's your turn. Of course, last year, I had to go there. If you know the way this is work, we just stay in one place and be declaring the word of God. Just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just mount the pulpit like this in the center of the city and saying 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Love is patient. Love is kind. That's all. Just preaching simple on love. Concerning spiritual gifts. Go back one chapter. You preach on that also. The doctrines of prayer. What is the redemption that's in Christ Jesus? After that, you pray, you bless the land, and then you go home. Why did he do that? I'll tell you. Because he believes that that is what the land needs for healing. I told you, that's how warfare is. When the prophetic word has gone forth, it's not supposed to make us go and relax. and say It's going to happen one day. You said that is true. That's one part of it, to know it will happen one day. But what am I preaching? To know what we are supposed to do so that that day will come. Can you believe that even though the father has, I mean, Jesus said it, has promised or has planned that Jesus will return. Yet, for him to return, Peter made something clear to us that it's possible for us to hasten it. Did you hear that? Now, for me, if it means we can hasten it, it simply means also that we can what? We can delay it. Thank you. It also means we can delay it. If we we can hasten it, it also means we can do what? We can delay it. And that tells me, therefore, that God's plan, therefore, is that certain things must be done by us before the return of the Lord Jesus. He says, since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. Because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning. And the elements will melt with intense heat. Can I just really drop this? You know. As I was coming this afternoon. I was listening to Amos. Again. And he was talking about the day of the Lord. And then something struck me there. Amos has explained that. Hey, don't say the day of the Lord. It's not a nice day. He says the day man will run away from a lion and jam a beer. He said he will be out. He will run away from one trouble. He will enter the house. He will close the door, saying, "Oh well, I have escaped." He will now rest on the wall. The serpent will bite him. That trouble everywhere, every corner. I said that's the day of the Lord. Now, then, that made me meditate that the day of the Lord, when you hear it spoken of in Scripture. It's often a very terrible day. It's actually the day of the vengeance of the Lord. Exactly what Peter was talking about here. He said, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. If you know the way prophecies go... hmm? There are often more than one level of fulfillment of prophecy. Let me just give a simple example. God said to the, through Nathan, to David, that your son will build me a house. And all of us assumed it would be who? Solomon. And Solomon actually came and he built a temple. Except that that was not the fulfillment. Even though that was a fulfillment, use the word a fulfillment, it was not the fulfillment. The fulfillment is that the son of David is Christ Jesus. The fulfillment is that the temple that will be built will not be built with stones or human hands. It will be built with living stones. And you and I as living stones are now being built. So we are still being built. So that son is still building. is still fulfilling the prophecy of Nathan. That's just an example. Out of Egypt I have called my son All of us assumed that that is Israel. Out of Egypt, God called his firstborn. Israel is my firstborn, he said to Pharaoh. So out of Egypt, he called his son and took him to the promised land. Then we found later that arise, take the mother, take the child and the mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. Then one day, the angel went and told um, Joseph, oh, you have returned that it might be fulfilled, that which was spoken. Out of Egypt have I called my son. Jesus was called out of Egypt too. Can you see what I'm saying? Many levels of prophecy. Now, so when you say a kind of prophetic word, many times you can take them and adapt. And there's an adaptation I want to quickly drop here as an aside, okay? Because know the truth, before God can bless this nation, I'm getting specific now. Before he can fulfill that word which he spoke, through that great man of God, by Elton, concerning this geographical entity in which his people dwell, he must judge righteousness. What are we looking for? Everybody say we are looking for a new Nigeria. That's what Christians are actually looking for. Some people say we are looking for a restructured Nigeria. That's nonsense. That's not Christian doctrine. Restructured Nigeria is politics. True of us? It's politics. We don't know how God wants to do what He wants to do. Whether He wants to melt Nigeria, you don't know. Whether He wants to join Nigeria or sue Nigeria, or we don't know. Just just do what you want to do. God is restructuring, restructuring, restructuring is poverty. You know, are you getting my point? When people... <laughs> when, when, when the dollar is so expensive and you don't have enough, enough Naira, you look for somebody to blame. If, every, if the average Nigerian was doing his business, exporting to Thailand, United States, Indonesia, South Africa, exporting, and then so when, once you just settle down, when you get down Opera Avenue in seen. High-rise buildings, you understand? And young men coming out with their Porsche and, you know, and innocent, innocent should make cartoon, let's let's count innocent joy. You know, and driving, you know, but, 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 nice, nice ride. Who cares about the current structure? Because <laughs> they never the current structure. You sleep in your house, power is constant, like, you know, water is flowing, and there's no insecurity. The roads are good, railroads are moving up and down. Who cares about the current structure? What is wrong with the structure? There's nothing wrong with the structure. poverty is the problem with the current structure. So if you restructure the country and we and <laughs> poverty persists, you know that we need re-restructuring. <laughs> <laughs> That's an aside. Let's just bear it in mind. Many people they don't know what they are looking for. Even this one is saying, eh." eh, eh, eh you know, this one, rotational presidency. I said, all of this is human beings looking for power because look, if they have you know, no couldn't go to. You we had like uh, four Alikudankutes in Enugu, you know, one in Nabakliki, Enugu also have the majority, because that's where we are, amen? <laughs> one from another brother. <laughs> who cares about attention of anything? Who we'll build factories everywhere? I will, we'll even be bragging that we hold the economic power. You'll be seen bragging. Say we make presidents and remove, who we'll holds the president to where we are? If two of us control the move of the dollar. So you should know when people are angry. Don't be following angry people. I'm telling you, you think they know what they are saying? They don't know what they are saying. They're just angry and hungry. I said so the problem in this country is boy, ever since they came into power. And you'll be laughing. She will soon leave power. That same person will take whoever, even if this Peter will be he replace, this Peter will be always knew he was a useless man. That is, they will begin cut the guy every day. People have said this in my hearing before. Forget this noise. Once in UNTH, you know, okay, can we just talk small? UNTH is the University of Nigeria Teaching Hospital, alright? Because it's in Enugu, usually the chief medical director is really from the east, okay? Um, then it was from Anambra, the next guy was from Enugu, the next guy was from Emo, the current guy is from Enugu, you know, stuff like that. So one of those days, I sat down, I'm home and one man said, what we need now is a Yoruba man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I was there. I was there. Do you know what happened? Because National Orthopedic Hospital in Enugu, that time, the chief medical director was a Yoruba man. And for whatever reason, I'm not saying whether I was a good man or a bad man, all the allowances approved by the government, the guy was paying. 27th of the month, the guy has paid. So those not say anything. They'll be looking across New Haven and say, what is going on there? So once they went, asked for one money, the current CM, the CMD that I said it didn't have. So they threatened strike, the guy like, if he likes strike, it won't produce more. So they sat and said, look, these are our evil brothers are not good. We should go to, and borrow one euro Yoruba from somewhere. I've told you, hunger is all this, this thing they talk, eh? All this political talk is hunger. I remember, I said, the man who said that day, I'm, I'm sitting in my head. One skinny, fair guy like this, angry, that they should go to orthopedic hospital. Come and see how the people walking working there. I enjoy it. It's not the same federal government. What's all this noise? This one is telling us here. <laughs> so you see all these noise people are making eh? here. Don't follow them. It's, it's, some of these boys are shouting, i eh, be right now. They think when this, when they, when they, that's what my friends told me actually, that when the Africa comes, they'll be the local government chairman. They'll be the commissioner. No, no, no. That is what, that's what they are thinking. Yes, sir. The guy that is going to be a commissioner of police. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, some, some of them are thinking like that. I think he'll be the garrison commander in this area. He's thinking that's the ones who they carry gun right now. The ones who are behind support say that will be the chief contract. That is, all these rules, they, they, they've shared the country already. <laughs> and you'll be looking at them, shaking your head like, if it happens there, nobody will remember you. <laughs> hey, God. You don't know human beings. Sometimes, you know, when people are young, you, you see small, small boys say that, ah, no, ah, fine, right? <laughs> they look there, they all shake their head. So when the prophetic word went forth that the things that God wants to do in this nation will be done, there's a nation He has carved out for Himself. Let's not just assume. I know why God went. to That I'll get in, in, in. I'll get back there in a moment. Let's not just assume they'll come to pass automatically. We read from here, trying to bring out an issue that we can hasten. Okay, the coming of the day of the Lord. Okay, I was explaining that there are two. There are different levels of. Understanding of the fulfillment of prophecy. Remember that? So the day of the Lord, all right? The day of the Lord here is a final, let's put it like that, the final one. But we have an understanding in there to let us know that before God can fulfill these prophecies we are talking about, because here, okay, that's I went into all that digression. They were looking forward to what? New heavens and a new earth. Now, bringing it to Nigeria, we are looking forward to a new Nigeria. We are not looking forward to a restructure. That's why we went to do that. Remember that. It's not just a restructured Nigeria. We are looking forward to what? A new Nigeria. How it will come to be, we don't know. Whether it will be restructured is possible, but that's not what we are looking for. Whether it will be tight, it will be consolidated in the way it is right now, we don't know. But that is not what we are looking for. What we are looking forward to is what? A new nation. Like he has a new heaven, like new heavens and a new earth. And when all of that they emphasize to us that please, let's not follow angry people. Let's just know what we are looking for. Because the path of the angry people may not lead us to what we are looking for. But because we do not have understanding, we keep on following the angry person, thinking it will lead us to what we are really looking for. Let's not follow anybody, let's go spiritual. Let's take the everything from the spiritual angle. So, we're looking forward to a new nation. Do you understand that? Good. Because we believe that God will do his work there. But this also tells us before the new nation will come, there must be what? The day of God. The day of the Lord. And that day is a day of what? Vengeance. It's a day of burning. It's a day in which some old things must melt. Are you catching it? So, priority prophesied. Don't think new nations just riding in a comfortable atmosphere. I said this, I look back now, even when I was saying it a few weeks ago, I said this quite, pro- no, a few days ago, I was talking to the I said, look, what's going on in this country is called cleansing. Yeah. There are different forms of cleansing. Some of the people, now nah, please, don't think of anybody, but the general principle, some of the people say, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, they are being driven. I don't know whether I get my point. There are positions they are occupying because I don't want you there anymore. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to make you sick. I'm going to make you go abroad. <laughs> I remember one man gave a testimony. One those does this. He had a lecturer that was angry with him. I and mean, maybe he had control of like his major, you know, final year student project. So that man was going to, you know, there was one issue, but so he went to pray. Do you think that God, your adversary, God, there are different ways he solves problems. God opened a door for that man. There was no fight. To. God opened the door. And he was the head of the department. So the guy went abroad for like three months, opened the door. While this bro was graduating. By the time the man returned, the guy had passed his project very well. He had gotten all his grades completed. And he had left the department. So by the time the enemy of progress came back, the child of God had escaped like a bird out of his snare. Like the scripture say, God, you know, it's not every time God just a died by fire. He's you don't have to die by fire. And there are certain prophecies that must be fulfilled. He prepared the table before me in the presence of my name. You can't people. There are times you have to look at this guy and say, listen, this position you are in, you are not good there. Travel, go, go, relocate. There are some who just given a small sickness, they'll just die. Some they will die violently. I don't want to get into that now. The day of God is not kind though. It's not nice. Let me use it, it was not nice. That was why Amos warned about it. <laughs> he said, Don't be shouting, uh, one the day of the Lord, want the day of the Lord. He said, You know what the day of the Lord is? <laughs> he said, You think you have seen trouble? So you escape from trouble, enter into a house, serpent bites you there. So that's the way the day of the Lord is. However, for a new heaven and a new earth to come. There's no choice about that. But again, that's not my emphasis. My emphasis is that we hasten the coming of that day. We can hasten it. So, Piety prophesied concerning our nation. And I'm giving a new prophetic word now. We have to hasten what he has prophesied. We have to. There are three activities which we get involved in. Let's go over them again. One prayer. prayer. Two Words and further prophesying. And three, holiness. Holiness. Warfare of holiness. Why am I saying it? Listen. Listen to this. Let me tell you how God stares you up to pray concerning holiness in a land. Normally your prayer for holiness comes out of injury. Do you get my point? When you have been injured. What do I mean by that? They said, don't cheat in the exam. You don't cheat. So everybody passes. All of them by what? Cheating. Then the only person that fails is the person who did not cheat. And that person is you. So next exam, you know what you will do? Satan will come to you. If you can't beat them, what do you do? Join them. Join them. If you can't beat them, join them. That's the temptation of Satan. Then they start again and they do the exam. Now you are repeating, no your first set has they've gone. Now, exam starts again. The cheats have come. The cheaters have come. And the cheaties have come. Everybody is now there cheating. If you can't beat them, what do you do? Join them. Satanic talk. But this is the discipline of righteousness. If I perish, let me perish. You know what normally happens that second time? You will still fail. You know, say Pastor Bank. So, what is the aim? God is trying to get you angry. He is trying to get you angry. He wants you to be angry. So, some people will now turn. Listen to the wrong way to respond. They will now turn and say, "What kind of nonsense country is this? What kind of rubbish country is this?" Yeah, you go abuse the country. Abuse Buhari. you Buhari, you go to Aisha. you Aisha, you go to Yemi. And think, what's Yemi's wife's name? And you, go you go to Dolapo. You go cause those people to die. Nothing will happen. But God will be angry with you for that. That's not the right way to respond. Now that you are angry, how do you activate prophets? Number one is what? Prayer. You get to the place of prayer is warfare. That's why scriptures like this exist. Lord, avenge me of my adversary. You don't have to say that with hey, get back. hey blah, blah, blah. you can say that if that's how your spirit is moving. But sometimes all you just do is kneel down there and say, Lord, avenge me of my adversary. He knows what he has said. Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. A man who has not filled an exam. We not pre- there's what the Bible calls having been touched with the feeling of an infirmity. James called it the effectual, heartfelt, fervent prayer, continued prayer of a righteous man. He said it avails much. The prayer warriors that get results usually they've been injured unjustly, and he said, "Lord, you are the God of righteousness. Don't let." Unrighteousness prevail. They know in response to that you know what God does. He sends the day of the Lord. And when he it comes, it's Bulldozer. Who's in charge of this organization? God puts that one in prison. DSS first put that one in solitary. Where are the vice-chancellors involved? Blah, 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 dismiss, 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 dismiss. Carry some teachers, lock them up. You the now see some some cheaties and cheaters, put them on trial. You'll be seen dismisser, left, right, and center. Why? Because one injured woman somewhere, one injured man somewhere said, Lord, arise. Let your enemies be scattered. Let them be like chaff that is blown away. Say, Lord, don't let unrighteousness prevail. You are a God of justice. Arise and judge the earth. Judge the university. <laughs> judge the ministry of education. Judge. See, that pray, Christians will be praying against their neighbor die by fire. If your neighbor dies by fire, another person will go there and do more wickedly. What's all of this nonsense you are praying? Focus on this, the right places. You don't mention anybody's name, but there is a spiritual system that you are dethroning. You are bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What are you talking about? You have seen injustice. You get to your knees, say, Lord, in this court, injustice will not survive. The next judge that comes there takes a bribe and perverts the course of justice. He drives home, runs into the back of a trailer. He can't even finish that case. That is when the worst of people like, oh, you think people just? If you were expecting that, we just wake up one day. Holy, holy nation, a peculiar country. We don't know what happened. Yesterday, people were thieves. Today, they said, "I'm not going to thief again." They were just going for baptism of John. Baptism of John. (laughs) Go and check the baptism of John. He didn't come just like that. He came under Roman oppression, and he came under intense warning. John said, there is judgment to come. He, he saw those who believe John that came for baptism. So that when the Pharisees came, he said, ah. Who wanted you to flee from what? The judgment, the judgment to come. He had preached to the commoners. They had heard it. And guess what? It saved them. Because the judgment came. 70 AD. You know, like I told you, I was listening to, I listened to Jeremiah. I listened to Amos today. And I said, God, Kai, you try when God described how he will eradicate people from certain Jewish communities, Cold Ricardium, the Romans did all of those things. They came to Jerusalem and they avenged the anger of God. They released the anger of God in vengeance upon that city. And that's why Jesus said, you will see such tribulation, such that had never been. But those who listen to John, you know what happened to them? When they were baptized by John, John introduced them to Jesus. They accepted Jesus. When Jesus came, he gave them a warning. When you see the armies begin to surround Jerusalem, they know that the desolation has come. So this is what you are going to do. All those of you who believe my words, if you are in the rooftop, jump down. Don't go in to get anything. Get out. If you are on the farm, from there, move. He told them what to do. He said, because you are about to witness a great tribulation. Because they were baptized by John, they actually fled from the judgments to come. And listen, so you hear a man like Pay Elton, prophesied, don't think the prophet is going to come to God will provoke you. You will get angry. Things will annoy you. I'm telling you what the anger is about. It's to give you passion. You see, sometimes people are praying, hey, get it. Speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues is good. That's not what we're talking about what are they praying about? No passion about it. They are praying. They are looking for a visa. They are praying. They are looking for, who do I know? They are, they are not angry about anything. My sister told me once that she's about to invest a lot of money. Didn't tell me the exact amount, but I knew that money is only running to over a hundred million and that kind of thing in their city. So but there's so much crisis going on. I'm thinking that, I said, listen, you don't need to think like that. I said, put your money in the ground. She said, why? I said, because, I said, I'm not saying you won't lose it, though. you may lose it though. You know, God has helped me. I don't, I don't, I don't lie to people. Have I lied to you before? <laughs> I don't promise what God did not promise. It's no money. You invest money. Why can't you lose an investment? You can. Like a child of God does not mean you never lose an investment. God teaches you lessons different ways. Some of those lessons will come from loss. Think that every lesson that's come from church. So today I'm going to teach you now today how to react to loss. No, some of those things you will first lose. Having lost, you will now cry. Having cried, you will now pray. Then the Holy Spirit will now tell you a word. You now understand what Paul meant when he said, we are afflicted, but we are comforted in our afflictions. Why? So that we will be able to comfort those who are similarly afflicted with the same comfort with which we are comforted. There are certain comforts you can't give except you have gone through certain afflictions. Only one of our brothers the wife delivered and the baby died. So he the the wife was crying and crying and crying and crying. So out of panic, he called me, sir. Every time I finished talking, I said, eh, is that it? Have you read Greatfield Can Be Yours? He said, Yes. Do you remember the last chapter? He couldn't remember. Take the last last chapter, read it to your wife. That was all. So what is it? I said, take the last chapter of Great Faith Can Be Yours, the book I wrote, and read it to your wife. She heard the story and wiped her tears. <laughs> I said, there's certain comforts you give. eh? You don't eh? I pray for you, you'll be comforted. I just tell you a story. Eh? And you are comforted. Eh? Oh, God, eh? Are you serious? I said, Yes, he's serious. You were comforted in your affliction. Why? So that time to comfort people, you don't go there to. The day Jesmiah told her story, first time I was hearing it. Alright? Of course it told me before, but that was my first time of hearing it. When you told her. Story of sexual abuse. If you have been abused like that, when you listen to that, you don't need prayer. You are just healed. (laughs) (laughs) You leave the place, you are healed. You are just healed. All you are thinking of is Josmea, Josmea. Josmea, the the God of Josmea is my God. The God of Josmea is my Jesus. Listen. There are prayers you pray. There's what you know what? For Jesus to be an effective high priest, God send him to the earth. Go and stay there, eat with them that was the first time I understood. you know, I grew up without the word of faith. He said Jesus was never sick because the anointing, you know, the, the sickness was suddenly on the cross. Then um, Zach Poonen. Was it you or somebody quoted Zach Poonen for me? That Zach Punen said it's not true. That Jesus felt sick when he was alive. I never thought about it until that day. Why would he fall sick? He said, no, it's not that. See, Jesus used to say something. He said, Listen, no one takes my life from me. I lay down by myself. He said, the prince of this world is coming. He has nothing in me. So whatever affliction you see in me is not because of my sin. I chose to let it happen. So I'm convinced. They were nice. Jesus woke up and his stomach was spinning. I used to say, Never, no, no, no. Now I know it happened. Why? Not because sickness is normal. Yeah. But Jesus, the father said, go and feel everything they are feeling. Feel everything. He said, we bang until you almost explode. So that next time you get on your knees and say, Lord, my head is banging. I can't sleep. I can't walk. I can't even pray. This is the only thing I can tell you, Lord, help me. You pass out there. And Jesus takes the prayer further from there. Why? You have an advocate to the Father who has been touched with the feeling of infirmity. It's not just on the cross. Do people get broke on the cross? You get broke on the cross. Were you planning to buy something there before? <laughs> you go to the cross I and mean, broke. <laughs> so I tell you, the thief on the right, anything in there? No, I don't have any money. There's the, nothing like that. He was actually broke many times. I'm convinced in the house of Joseph, there are times Mary would tell Joseph, there is no food in the house. What will little Joshua eat? That's the Hebrew word. Say, play with him until I come back from work. And they would be distracting the 12 year old who is hungry and he's looking at mommy. I'm hungry. The father was planting a memory in his mind. You think he's he, I said was not a showman. No. He wasn't a showman. He was not a showman. When he said, Do you have anything? They said nothing. Give them something to eat. Now they've been here for days. Say, we don't have anything. No, you can't let them go like that. He had been hungry before. He had been hungry before. It's the passion of, with, of that hunger, the memory of it with which he called heaven. And heaven supplied bread. What are you talking about? Just that everything was paid for on his cross. You've been heartbroken. May Judas not walk with you for three years. <laughs> Carry your anointing. Judas will go to places and say, I come in the name of Jesus, be healed. The sick will get up and they are healed. Prophetically, I told us. what He said, the wounds with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. He said, these are the wounds that I sustained in the house of my friend. He said, if an enemy had done this, there would be no problem. But a friend with whom I shared communion. So somebody disappoints you, breaks your heart hard. Don't worry. Somebody got there before you. So Jesus was saying that. So is that it? Bend down. He will touch your head. The healing power will flow. Pshoo. You start laughing. People say, "Are you alright?" Say she has gone mad. I've not gone mad. I've just seen Jesus. I've not gone mad. I've just seen Jesus. Listen. So for prophecy to begin to get fulfilled, we are stirred up different ways to pray. That's what the Father does. I'm teaching us how to pray again. You say, Lord, for there to be a new heaven. And a new earth. We adopt that prophecy. For there to be a new nation. They have to come first. The day of the Lord. How does the day of the Lord come? In different areas. I'm telling you for sure. That day we arrive. Over this nation. Amen. Let me tell you. A time will come. People will do righteousness. Not because they love God. But because they are afraid. Oh, wait, You think Americans do what they do because they love the Lord? Those guys are crazier than we are, man. But they, they fear prison. You know, American prison is a terrible place. American prison, eh? You know why it's a terrible place? If they put you in the, They have the worst sentences on this earth. Americans will tell you, go to prison without possibility of parole. And you're 18 years old. British people don't do that. When British man gives you life imprisonment, after twenty years, they will say, Ah, your life never finished. Your life don't finish. Come. And you you went at the age of twenty, you're not even you're just fifty, you're back, you're out. Americans. They, they fear prison. They, that's why a lot of that's why they behave. They will tell you file your tax return by yourself. Nobody's coming to ask you for tax return. They are not coming to ask you. You will get up by yourself, go and file it. Say, bros, I made six hundred and fifty thousand dollars this year. I think it's how much I should pay. You pay Deliberately, you pay over. So if you think your tax is supposed to be maybe $150,000, you pay like two hundred. dollars It's okay. Then when they finally settle and calculate properly, they will now refund you the balance. So there's a day of the year, the, the day of tax returns. They'll be returning the excess you paid. But everybody goes to so file. Because if they come by themselves... <laughs> They are going for 5 to 10 years in prison. Now they take ICU. You know, let me tell you a story that will make you laugh. One pastor, I was watching him on TV. In my mind, this guy is a criminal. It's an American pastor. I just said, this guy is fake. I just sit down for my house when I go. I told you I have the of pastoral spirits. I've told you. I sit down for my house. I was watching him on TV. International TV. I said, this guy is a clown. So. I want to share something special with us today. That this is a very special revelation, and you know he was going up and down like this. I, 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 I was following him up and that. Uh, like. <laughs> honestly, I said, "What can?" I, in my mind, I said, "This guy is fake. This guy is lying." Let me make a long story short. Three years later, I opened the newspaper. Newspapers. I, I, I was reading online. Then I saw his face. I said, "I know this face now. Ah, that's that guy I called fake a few years ago." They had arrested him. Currently, seven I think, seven years in One tax evasion, one of it. Then, you know, falsifying records, all of it about money. Americans gathered the man of God and put him in prison. I said, was this not... The day I was seeing him on TV, I said, this guy is not telling the truth. He's lying with the word of God. I said, "The headman me in America. I said, don't worry, we will handle him. Leave him, we will handle him for God. We are men of God here, IRS. <laughs> We are servants of, they took him. What was his crime? He will go and preach somewhere. He will take money from his ministry to pay the tickets. Those are people still give him money for tickets. You know, the Americans, they are watching everything. And he, he, he won't declare them, any one of them as income, saying, ministry expenditure. Americans say, no problem, be chopping it. He bought one, what was one of this Maserati, one sports car bought Maserati, bought a BMW. Americans, look up. One day they arrested him. Mar- All those vehicles they collected. The house they bought here and there, they collected everything, sent in tax money. is in prison, as we speak. So when you say Americans doing righteousness, it's not out of love for God, though. God has put the fear of God in the air. And listen, when he wants to inject that Fear of God into the air. He can't do it. He, just, he hasn't injected it for us yet. That's why we're doing all this tomfoolery. We do some funny... Some of these men who said they want to run for president, I look at them, I shake my head. There are some of them that have not been cleared of their charges. It's just that like the judge said, we promoted you now, came back to rejudgment. judgment So that judgment is not, is not an void. They will still arrest some of these boys and start the trial all over again. And they want to run for president. See, bros, in case you are hearing me, you know yourself. Let me give you the word of a prophet, okay? Don't just go home. Don't expose yourself. You know, say your mama died. you go bury with three hundred cows. Meanwhile, you know, say your car no straight. Nobody you expose yourself. I'm telling the, the person I'm talking about, the President he knows himself. Some of you know him too. I just feel like God is saying we should let him you know. See, bros, go home. Just go home. No, 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 no. Just go home. If you talk again, let's leave it there. But you know how that spirit will come upon this nation? You know how? I'll tell you. Because the church will get on her knees and say, Lord, iniquity cannot prosper anymore in this nation. And God will answer and say, listen, my people, judgment will begin in the house of God. Let's rise to our feet. What I have told you is the answer the Spirit will give. And we are going to pray this evening. Remember, we activate prophecy. And we are taking one particular prophecy as an example. The Apiotein said to us, this nation has been created for God, by God for his purpose. During the process, actually, let me explain this to you. What all this corruption thing they are saying is unearthing and allowing full expression of the natural man that owns the land. That's just what it is. The corruption was not invented from anywhere. that's how the natural people who lived here, that's how we have been. But because of foreign influence it was suppressed for a while. And when the foreign influence left, our natural tendencies rose up to the surface. God needed it to rise to the surface that it might be judged. That's just the way it works. And Pilate said after that will come a season in which the nation will be known for integrity and to have a good name. And I'm saying to you That that prophecy must be activated. Three things we do to activate the prophecy. Number one, prayer. prayer. Number two, battle of words and further prophesying. We watch what we say and we continue to declare those words. And then number three, war of holiness. What does holiness mean? That is, they will tempt you to join them. But you will say, the Lord will judge. I don't want him to judge with me. He no, you shouldn't use me for judgment. Because he will. He doesn't discriminate. When it's time for judgment, he doesn't check who's a Christian, who's not a Christian. He checks who's guilty and who's not guilty. What a Christian has, God may tell him, say, well, Boy, I'm going to start judging next day. One year to repent. So you get into prayer and fasting and cleansing your ways because the time it comes with judgment, he doesn't spare. He doesn't spare anybody. Your hand must be clean, otherwise, you are going down. That's why I call the war of holiness. And when the people of God have not done their portion, they restrain the hand of God from doing what he wants to do. The day of God cannot come. All right? Quickly, simply because the Lord says, if we were to come now, I will take too many of my own people. Doesn't mean it will never come. But just says, let's wait. And then he sends words out into the air. And we keep preaching. And we start turning men to repentance. And why are we doing that? So that they will escape the judgment that is about to come. Let's pray. Say, Lord, arise, let your enemies be scattered. It's a simple prayer. You know what those enemies are? That's what we're going to pray today. Say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let's open our Bible, Psalm 68. We'll read it together, we'll use it to pray. Psalm 68. I want us to pray. We're going to pray this out loud. We're going to read this scripture out loud because that's what the Lord is saying. That's what the Lord is saying. That is what the Lord is saying. Psalm 68. We're going to read it together, but please let me just quickly mark where we are going to stop. All right, we're going to read 1 to 10, then 19 to 23. Is that okay? All right. One to let us go. Let us go and rise. Let his enemies be scattered, and let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wealth might before the fire, so let the wicked perish before God. But let the righteous be glad, let them exult before God. Yes, let them rejoice in gladness. Sing to God, sing praises to him. Lift up a song for him who rides through the desert whose name is the Lord, and exalt before him. A father of the fatherless, and a judge for the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. Only the rebellious dwell in the past land. O oh God, when you once forth before your people, when you march through the wilderness, the earthquake. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You shed abroad a plentiful rain, O God. You confirmed your inheritance when it was past. Your creatures settled in it for the poor. Now let's move to the next term, um, to verse what? 19. Quickly, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our body. The God who is our salvation. God is to us a God of deliverances. And to God the Lord belongs escapes from death. Surely God will shatter the head of his enemies. The hairy crown of him who goes on in his guilty deeds. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan. I will bring them back from the depths of the sea. That your foot may shatter them in blood. The tongue of your dogs may have his portion of your enemies. Now, you are going to take two minutes and pray from these scriptures. Read it loud. I don't want you to, to read it to yourself. Read it out loud. Say, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. And then pick one or two enemies that need to be scattered. No, not, I don't mean your neighbor. Your neighbor is not the enemy. I hope you're getting my point. Who's scattering? Corruption. Who's scattering? Injustice. Who's scattering? Kidnapping. What is, what is scattering? Insecurity. What is scattering? Vote rigging. I hope you're getting my point. What is scattering? The righteous being punished for the sin of the wicked. That is what is scattering. Is that okay? Now, take those scriptures and begin to pray with them. The ones we have read now say, Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. Let injustice flee before him. Let bribery and corruption flee before him. Let lying with the word of God flee before him. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let kidnapping and banditry flee before him. Let corruption of the word of God in the pulpit of God flee before him. Lord, arise. Let your enemies be scattered. Let laws made for personal gain, not for national gain, flee before him. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let persecution of His people flee from before Him. Let God arise. Let His enemies be scattered. Let dangerous highways flee from before Him. God, arise as a God of deliverances. Lord, arise as a Father of the fatherless. Arise, O Lord, as a judge for the widows. Arise, O Lord, as a God of justice. Let your enemies flee from before you. I want you to pray this word in simple words. Say, Lord, let righteousness pay in this land. Yes. Let righteousness pay. Let unrighteousness not profit. Give us an environment where unrighteousness does not profit. Pray that prayer. is very important. Say, Lord, let your enemies be scattered. as smoke is driven away. Drive them away. As what melts before the Lord. As what melts before the Lord. So let the wicked perish before God. That verse 3. Please pray that verse 3. That's what we're saying. But let the righteous be glad. Aye. Say Lord let the righteous be glad. Let those who don't cheat be glad. Let those who go for exams with their books in their head. Let them be glad. Let those who bring it in you know. In paper, wrapped here, and they let them be frustrated. Let the invigilators who take bribes to let students cheat, let them be frustrated. Drive them away, Lord, like smoke is driven away. Let them melt, like wax melts before the fire. But, Lord, let the righteous be glad. Pray that prayer, Lord, let the righteous be glad. Let the righteous be glad. Lord, promote those who don't take bribes in their offices. We're asking you, promote that one. He doesn't know anybody. He does not take bribes. He's a civil servant. He's a police officer. He doesn't know people the way they say know people, but he does not take bribes. Lord, we're asking you, promote him. Promote her. Let the enemies of such a one... Who wouldn't want them to see promotion? Let them see demotion. Is it not written? Not from the east or the west. Not from the south. Comes exaltation. But God is judge. He brings down one and lifts up another. Lord, we ask you, lift the righteous up and bring down the wicked. Ah, That's what the prayer is. Prophecies are used to do warfare. Lord, according to the words of your servant, you said this nation that you have given to us, your people, it will be a great nation. It will be a nation renowned for righteousness. It will be a nation renowned for justice, for equity, for doing good business. Lord, we look for the new nation. We are looking, Lord, for a new nation. Therefore, by our prayer, we say, Lord, let the day of the Lord come. Let the day of the Lord come. Let the day of the Lord come. Lord, let the day of the Lord come. Lord, let the day of the Lord come. The day in which wickedness melts like wax before fire. The day in which the wicked are brought down, but the righteous, they are elevated. The day in which altars that lie with the word of God, they are brought down. Lord, let that day come, the day of the Lord. Say, Lord, let it come. Arise, O Lord. Let your enemies be scattered. Let them melt like wax melt before the fire. Let them be blown away like smoke. But Lord, let the righteous Rejoice. Oh Lord let the righteous rejoice. Lord let the righteous rejoice. I only need to pray that say Lord let the righteous rejoice. Let the righteous rejoice. It's an important prayer. Say Lord let the righteous rejoice. In this nation Lord let the righteous rejoice. In this nation Lord let the righteous rejoice. Oh, Lord, let the righteous rejoice. That is what we are praying. Let's give him all thanks because he's heard us. Let's give him thanks. He's hearing us. He's heard our prayer. Yes, he's going to move in this nation. He said, oh, God, when you went forth before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked, The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You shed abroad a plentiful rain, O God. You confirmed your inheritance when it was parched. Your creatures settled in it. You provided in your goodness for the poor, O God. Father God, you will provide for us in your goodness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be God who daily bears our burdens. The God who is our salvation. God is to us a God of deliverances. And to God the Lord belongs escapes from death. Yes, we, are, we have escaped from death. Amen. We have been delivered. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord will preserve us in righteousness. Amen. The Lord will preserve you in righteousness. Amen. He will preserve you in holiness. Amen. He will preserve you on the path of purpose. Amen. He will preserve you on the path of destiny. Amen. It will not let your fool sleep. I need somebody to claim this. It will not let your fool sleep. Even if you're in politics, your feet will not sleep. The temptations of this world will not get you. Listen, there's a prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Just pray for one minute. Say, Lord, deliver me from evil. It's an important prayer. That prayer means deliver me from doing evil. Let me not follow the will of the world. It's very important. That's an important prayer. Pray that prayer for yourself. Say, Lord, deliver me. You're a preacher. You need to be delivered from evil. Lying with the word of God. You need to be delivered. Say, Lord, deliver me.